The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. Have you ever taken part in a prayer journey? It's a special privilege to travel with a prophetic purpose in mind. In a sense, we're all on a lifelong pilgrimage, as John Bunyan illustrated so well in his Christian allegory, Pilgrim's Progress. But for some, God invites us to go on prayer journeys for Him. And I want to share with you some of our ministry's most exciting prayer journeys. Hello, I'm Christine Darg, and welcome to our ministry center here in Jerusalem, the city of the great king. The traveler's prayer is recited by Jews for a safe journey, whether by air, by sea, or long car trips. My father, of blessed memory, wasn't an Orthodox Jew. He was an evangelical Presbyterian pastor, but he always prayed whenever he got behind the wheel, even if it was just to go to the supermarket. The Jewish Traveler's Prayer goes like this, May it be your will, Lord, our God, and the God of our ancestors, that you guide our footsteps toward peace, and make us reach our desired destination for life, gladness, and peace. And may you rescue us from every hand of foe and ambush, from robbers and wild beasts on the trip. And unfortunately, these days, wild beasts can be people. The prayer goes on and ends, Blessed are you, Lord, who hears prayer. Amen. Well, as I wrote in one of my books, The Spirit of Excellence, every child of God is potentially an errand girl or an errand boy. We're servants of the Most High God. God often calls us to do many things for Him, and we must learn how to receive assignments from the Lord to go places and do exploits for Him. We can become adept at receiving our marching orders because our mind has been trained through practice. Some believers are always saying, I believe God called me to do this and do that, but they've never really stepped out and obeyed God. They keep waiting for yet another confirmation. But we can be trained through continual obedience. And this is because we've learned to recognize the Lord's voice and His ways. You see, an instruction can be received in a flash, but most of the time it's an unfolding revelation. And when we're connected to the Lord, He begins to drop His thoughts into our spirit. The assignment could be a prayer journey to decree His purposes, to give a prophetic word, or to uproot a stronghold. It could be a gospel tent, an open-air campaign, a Jericho march, a prayer convocation, or a breaker anointing, a journey to prepare for revival or for a fresh move of God. You see, the destiny of a whole region could depend upon the obedience of an intercessor. And as we stay under His guidance and covering, God gives the marching orders and sends the right leaders and team members. When I was a member of Reinhard Bonka's team in Africa, I knew I was traveling under the covering of a strong leader with territorial authority. You see, we are collaborators with the Lord as He leads us with His eye upon us. And if God is calling us to a specific prayer battle, we won't have to fight as the world fights because the battle belongs to the Lord. 
Well, one of the prophetic assignments we received from the Lord a number of years ago may be instructive to other intercessors. Highly sensitive assignments are accomplished with proven team members. And the Lord made it known that he wanted me to take a team. And there had to be seven proven intercessors to go into the Islamic Republic of Iran. And our main assignment was to believe God that the powers of darkness working there against Israel would be bound. As part of our spiritual preparation, the Lord gave instructions to all the team members first to accomplish an Esther fast. One of the women of God who accompanied me was Valerie Hughes, who lives here in Israel. She's a proven intercessor who serves in the Orthodox Jewish community, and she faithfully participates in many of our prayer convocations here in Jerusalem. Valerie has traveled to many lands as part of our intercessory journeys, including our visit to the Islamic Republic of Iran during Purim. And Purim is the Jewish holiday that remembers the salvation of the Jews from destruction. Shushan in the Persian Empire, which is today's Iran, is where the miracle occurred. We actually went on Shushan Purim as recognized at that time in Jerusalem. We went into Shushan, the actual city where Es and Mordechai were. And not too long before we went, they found the ruins of the palace. And we were actually able to go into the ruins of the palace. Now, Christine and the team were in the lower part, which they said was the throne area of King Artaxerxes. But I was shown to go up onto a rock and with my hands held up, I was reminded that Moses had his hands held up by Aaron and her, that the Amalekites might be defeated. And afterwards, I found out that that is the portion of the, the scripture that the Jewish people read in the synagogues at that time of the year. And the Amalekites were defeated as long as Moses held his hands up. And I was being reminded of that as I was standing on the rock. And I had a tambourine in each hand. And a tambourine is a breaker anointing instrument. And so as prayer and proclamation was being made down on the ground, in the heavenlies there was breakages being made. And afterwards, in the marketplace, we were able to distribute the Gospel of John in Farsi. And the people were so hungry that they were actually reading it in front of us and they were asking for more. So God is moving by His Spirit and He's even having prayer houses there that, where people can gather to worship and praise him. But I believe this started at that time when we were taken in as a pre-preparation for what God is now doing by his spirit. 
Every Jericho march that our ministry has conducted in the Middle East has been spirit-led as a form of spiritual warfare to set captives free and to create an open heaven over cities and nations for the furtherance of the gospel. Our first Jericho march was held in the ancient city of Jericho, and the march with its biblical location was a parable of a major stronghold that's holding more than a billion souls captive. Only the Lord fully knows the long-term consequences of such prophetic actions. This had to be all done by faith because we didn't choose the timing. I discovered that this was arranged not by us, but by God, that it came at the time when Joshua went round the Jer Jericho walls until they fell down at the seventh time. But we believe that the strongholds of all the principalities and powers of darkness were being broken down during this march because afterwards, in later years, prayer houses were developed in that location. Another of our prayer assignments was into the nation of Iraq when Saddam Hussein was still in power. The journey was initiated by the Holy Spirit as part of our intercessory prayer initiative to build up the millennial highway that God envisions for the future in this region. You see, no matter what the politicians try to concoct, when God looks down upon this region, he sees only three core nations, Israel, Egypt, and Assyria. In fact, Isaiah chapter 19 says with these glorious words, in that day, you see, in that day is a Bible idiom which speaks of when the Messiah returns. In that day there shall be a highway out of Egypt to Assyria. And this chapter says that the Egyptians shall serve the Lord, the God of Israel, along with the Assyrians. And the Assyrians are arising again. They're going to regain their homeland once again in the region. And in that day the Bible says Israel shall be a third with Egypt and Assyria, even a blessing in the midst of the earth. Tragically, there's still so much anti-Semitism in the earth. But never forget, Israel as a nation has been resurrected to be a blessing in the earth. And if God says Israel is going to be a blessing, the nations shouldn't fight God's end-time plan. The last verse of Isaiah 19 says, The Lord of hosts will bless these most favored nations, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, mine inheritance. Well, it was such a privilege to venture into the nation of Iraq to take the Word of God on a very strategic Isaiah 19 highway journey. Well, to begin with, we went on the highway. We went from Jordan, um, to Baghdad, Babylon, um, up to where the Tower of Babel was built or intended to be built. And then we went into Nebuchadnezzar's palace ruins and we had to go through the Easter Gate. We went right through into the ruins of the palace and we also had a silk banner with us. And it wasn't only that we were going on the highway, all on the highway, and we were being um, monitored in everything that we spoke, but we were mostly speaking scripture or praying. And we had the prayer of Jabez 
on the side of the coach and the driver moved it to the front of the coach. The prayer of Jabez went before us. Also, when I mentioned about the silk banner, the silk banner which we used for worship was reminding us that the Chinese were coming back on the Silk Road. Now, I'm forwarding that a little bit because now the believers from China, from Taiwan, from Hong Kong, from Singapore are all coming into Jerusalem and into Israel. And also, they're coming back on the Silk Road and they're going into areas of China, back on the Silk Road, and they're coming down to the Western Wall, to the Kotel, to the Temple Mount, and they're coming into Jerusalem and all over Israel. And also the Isaiah 19 Highway, which we read about, about Syria, Syria, Egypt, and Israel, now there are prayer houses that are being founded in all of these different locations. Egypt is the beginning of the Isaiah 19 Highway, and over the years in our ministry, we've enjoyed many divinely led prophetic journeys into Egypt. Along with indigenous Egyptian leaders, we've held a number of gospel outreaches and prayer convocations, even in some major strongholds. Only God himself could have opened the doors and the astonishing venues for our gospel tents. The anointing was there and we were whirling around the tent and now God is moving by his spirit in all of these countries. All I know is that now prayer houses are being developed and, and many are having dreams and visions and coming to a saving knowledge of the Lord and that barriers have been broken down which couldn't have been broken down otherwise. Month after month and year after year, we've encouraged intercessors from all over the world to join us in Jerusalem for open air meetings and for prayer walks on the ramparts of the old city walls. Years ago, by anointing broken down gates and making proclamations and worship convocations at venues such as the Citadel at the Tower of David, We've been continually believing God for the fulfillment of Zechariah 12. That great prophetic chapter speaks of the time when God will pour out the spirit of grace and supplications upon the house of David and all the inhabitants here in Jerusalem. And my friend Valerie is one of those faithful intercessors who has participated in many of our convocations here in the old city. I'm encouraged by Valerie's level of faith and divine health, because even though today she's going into her late 70s, she doesn't look a day older than when I met her many years ago. Because we anointed certain areas, then many powers of darkness were eliminated, and the curses were broken, and God brought around blessings. In fact, that places that had been closed became open and, and became more prosperous than they had been before because they'd been closed up and shut up for years. And now all of a sudden they became prosperous and are still 
benefiting by those prayers and, and praise and worship. It was such a joy and a blessing to see the Arab people coming in and feeling welcome and they wanted to participate in the meetings that were taking place. But this also began with our meetings in this particular restaurant because we were praying and praising and worshipping. And so these happenings developed because we had been used by faith to prepare the way so that these people could feel free to come and join in and participate and having their own Bible study and prayer time in Christchurch. When God puts a prayer and worship team together, many giftings are involved. There are singers, those who play musical instruments, like the ram's horn, even the shofar, and there are many necessary ministries of help, financial givers, intercessors, those with the gifts of hospitality, encouragers, exhorters, techies, and so forth. There are also those who dance in the spirit. In some meetings, you might see somebody calling attention to themselves, but there are others who are anointed by God to dance in the spirit like King David danced. Do you recall in the Bible when David danced with all of his might? Well, he embarrassed his wife, McCall, because she felt his behavior under such a powerful anointing wasn't dignified enough. Yet those who have a genuine gift of dancing in the spirit know their prophetic action is used by God to bring freedom and liberty into an atmosphere and to break down strongholds. God honors dancing in the spirit when it's initiated by him. And I've seen a difference, the breaking down of resistance in an atmosphere because of this form of worship. When the Lord shows me to move my feet, I move my feet and then he gives that anointing. And then I just have such liberty in the spirit and he's using it to break down barriers. And he's using it to, to bring forth freedom and liberty. And he's setting the captives free. He's bringing about reconciliation. I don't know what he's doing because it's his anointing, but I give him the liberty to pass his anointing through me, to use me as he will. I was somewhere with Christine one time and she knew that I had this anointing and she told me just to dance. And I said, I don't dance without music. She said, just go. And I just went. Then the Lord passed on the anointing. And then Christine knew that she had the liberty to speak what the Lord had given her to say. When Jehoshaphat had fasted and prayed, and the enemy was coming against him, then he sent in the praises and the worshippers. And in that day, there was selected ones who were the praises and the worshippers. He didn't just send forth anybody. He sent forth those that were selected for this purpose. And God has selected different ones to wave banners, to, to 
to dance, but we don't just dance because we love to dance. We dance because he has a special anointing on Pacific people who he's chosen for this purpose. Some he chooses for intercessors, some he chooses to be servants. Like it says, some are for teachers, some are apostles and prophets, and handmaidens and servants. But he also has other ministries which he's restoring because in David's tabernacle, they had all of the different ministries that were appointed by God himself. And also in the tabernacle, they had the priests, they, they had the, the dancers, the praises, the worshippers. He hasn't changed, but we often think, oh, what's that person doing? But when God's anointing somebody by his spirit, he's working out his plan and purposes. Well, Valerie Hughes not only dances in the spirit from time to time, but she also has a ministry of prayer journeys around Jerusalem because of serving in Orthodox Jewish communities, plus attending many prayer conferences here in Jerusalem. Almost every day she's on the go, riding on public transportation. And as she goes, she prays continually for the peace of Jerusalem and for the safety of the city's citizens. Fear is never a part of the equation. And so Valerie encourages intercessors from around the world to participate in our prayer conferences here and to come up to the city of the great king to enjoy the land of the Bible. As Christine said, I'm traveling around the city on buses and I'm catching many, many, many buses in the course of a week because I have, have need to come from one side of the city to the other. I'm not just catching buses for the sake of catching buses, but in my heart, and because God knows what, what's going on in your heart, in my heart I pray and I thank him for the blood covering. I thank him for his angels, and I pray that he will bless the bus drivers and bless the passengers. And many times I've seen a traffic accident avoided because I've known that the angels have intervened to protect that particular bus. Or another time I've sensed that the bus was going to have a mechanical problem. And he's either shown me to get off the bus or he's shown me just to pray that that situation might be rectified. And many times I've seen this actually taking place. Would you encourage people to come to Israel? Yes, I would, because we're not to be afraid because he's the God of Israel that neither slumbers nor sleeps. And he's watching over his word to perform it. And he has said that it's his, his city and Israel is the place that he's made the home for his people. And his people are Jews, yes, but they're also Gentiles too, who his purpose that should be grafted in and used for his purposes. Because he said that his people should be brought back on the shoulders of the Gentiles. And we are fulfilling that which is written in his word 
for everything that he has had written, he's going to have fulfilled. And the prophets of old, they fulfilled that which they were destined to do. That which is in, in the scriptures of Jeremiah and Isaiah, Ezekiel and, and John the Revelator. But they fulfilled, but there was things that they couldn't fulfill because they're for our day and age. And you needn't be afraid because even people who have done an exchange such as some from the police force did an exchange duty from New York in the United States, came into Israel and they said they felt safer here in Israel than they did on the streets of New York. And also people needn't be afraid because the, the life in Israel, when they have bar mitzvahs, when they have weddings, they have bat mitzvahs, they have um, circumcision celebrations, they're all done in the evening. And even the children go on the buses on their own. They're not afraid. It's the lie of the devil that you need to be afraid because you, the word says the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him. And if we fear and trust the living God, then we've not to be afraid, providing we're going where he's showing us to go and doing what he's showing us to do. But if we go out for our own purposes, then we need to be afraid because we know that the angels will not be protecting us in the same way. And we want to invite you to come up to Jerusalem to participate in our prayer convocations at the New Year, during Passover, and also during the fall festivals, especially the great Feast of Tabernacles. And details of our prayer journeys, as well as all of our videos, are available at any time through our social media and our website, exploits.tv, where you can sign up for an electronic copy of our newsletter, Exploits. That name and theme of our ministry is based upon Daniel 11.32, which declares that the people who know God will be strong, not weak, and that we'll take action. We'll do the exploits, the works of the Lord. And a special reminder, our Jerusalem Channel app is also available through your favorite app store. And so until next time, praying always for the peace of Jerusalem and contending for the faith, I'm Christine Dark saying Maranatha and Shalom. We've got the final details of our movable Feast of Tabernacles and we want to invite you on a prayer journey of a lifetime. Since 1980, our ministry has been involved with coming up to Jerusalem and celebrating the great prophetic Feast of Tabernacles with the Jewish people. We're going to be marching in the streets with our banners, with our praises. We're going to be worshiping in a tent on the Mount of Olives, and we're going to take a two-day foray into the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. The feast, yes, is going to move into Jordan, and we're going to have an outreach to the refugees from Iraq, and we're going to make a very special prayer journey to the rose-red city of Petra. And we're going to come back to Jerusalem, celebrating here in the city of the great king in our tent on the Mount of Olives. 
We want you to go to our website at exploits.tv to get details of our movable Feast of Tabernacles. It's going to be so exciting, and I don't want you to miss this prayer journey of a lifetime.